Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Anita Tsuchia. Well, yes, indeed, this is the WCHL Podcast, and I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry, and on the other end of the line, it is Anita Suchia, all the way from Salt Lake City, America. Anita, say hello to the people. Hello. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, it's kind of, it's getting to be that. Yeah. Is it is it frigid? Is it cold? Is it freezing in we Salt got, Lake? It's, it's not too cold and we actually had like a nice dump of snow so i've got about eight inches of snow oh in my driveway till the guy came along and shoveled it for me to my very, snow guy came very and nice. shoveled it for me you have a but snow it's, guy it's huh? very nice the snow guy yes yes um, that's that's from all the money that the wchl podcast is paying you you're able to hire a snow yeah, guy huh <laughs> hire a snow guy i Yikes. know right Woo, yeah well i used to wrestle with a snow plow uh, a snowblower myself and the whole thing, but uh, I have a bad hip and it's just gotten harder and harder to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, so I just decided I was going to just go ahead and hire somebody else to flail around in my frozen driveway. And I also have a double wide driveway that's extra long. Oh, okay. So it's probably a little bigger than your typical driveway. It's not quite a two car wide all the way, but impressive. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's very long. Wow, I don't know if it's impressive or just kind of a pain. But well, I think, like, hey, no, no, hey, it's it's impressive because now we know that Anita Suchia is living uh, very well, high on the hog. She has a double wide driveway that's very long, and she has a snow guy. <laughs> Holy smokes! I have a snow guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, right? Nick, Nick, I'm living the high life. Yeah. Now, if uh, if your butler or your uh, your your girl Friday interrupts, or if or if you need to interrupt us to give them some orders, um, you know. <laughs> Let us know. You know, maybe high tea is on the way, and uh, we sure no, don't want to get no. in the way. No, I, I, I think we're all taken care of because the important thing was is I left him a check in an envelope clipped to the mailbox, right? <laughs> that's that's the important instruction that I'm sure he's waiting for. And and they're actually pretty good. Actually, I was telling someone, it's kind of hard to find consistent snow clearing services because people usually do it for one season and then realize how hard it is to make money Yeah, because it all depends on how much it snows. So if you only have like half a dozen substantial snowfalls in an entire winter, right? You quickly realize that it's very hard to make money. And then when it does snow, you need like six people. But then what do you do with those poor six people? The other, yeah, <laughs> you know, three and a half months of winter when you can't give them any work. And so I've had to like hire a different person every winter for the last couple of like three winters. Oh my gosh. Cause, cause the people do it one, one year and then they say, yep, that's not making me any money. So they go and decide to do something else in the winter. Sounds like, uh, yeah. Sounds like you need a dedicated snow guy. Right. It's just, it's hard to find a dedicated snow guy. Jeez. Cause they can't, they can't, count on you know making a good living in the in the winter and it's only getting worse right the winters are getting warmer around here so yeah well i, don't, I wonder what's causing that huh we'll have to well, don't want to turn this into a political podcast but i wonder what's causing that uh, i don't know what do you think yeah. people like 
using their air conditioners too much or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, it is the winter time and it is coming up on the holidays. And that means that the fall semester for ACHA Division One hockey is over. And uh, so, yeah, games are over for now. And we're kind of into the, uh, you know, if this were baseball, this would kind of be the dog days of summer. Um, because it's right. that invi- or the all-star break, the all-star break. There we go. And, uh, so that's kind of where we are now. Um, so before, before we jump into the, the last week in the games, let's just recap what's happened, at least in the world of the ACHA. Uh, we've been teasing it for a little while here, but it finally came <laughs> out. The ACHA has, uh, let the, let the, the cat out of the bag, if you will. The 2024 national site was released. That information was released. Uh, actually, it was released yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, uh, December the 13th. And uh, the ACHA decided that yesterday was a good day to let all of America know that we're going back to St. Louis, Missouri for the 2024 Nationals. The ACHA will be going back to the Centene Community Ice Center, which is the practice facility for the St. Louis Blues. And it's also the home of lindenwood university's uh hockey program now the ncaa men's program as well as the acha men's two and uh their women's program so uh, we're going back to the centene community ice center and there'll also be some games played over at the maryville university hockey center but those will be overflow games uh mostly from women's division two and also for practices but um, men's for men's division one purposes, all of the uh, everything's going to be at the Centene Community Ice Center. So very nice. We're going back March seventh through the seventeenth is when the entire event is going on. But for men's division one purposes, we're only going back March seventh through the twelfth. That's our typical Thursday through Tuesday, and uh, should be a fun time. They did a they did a heck of a job in twenty twenty two hosting earlier this season or earlier this year, I should say, last season. And uh, it was a great little event and a wonderful facility. And uh, we're going to Boston at the end of this season. And then we're returning to St. Louis in 2024. What do you think of that, Anita? We've been teasing it long enough. It's- I know. It's like, what a surprise. I actually, I can actually, like, you know, say it now. Say the name. St. Louis instead of the city with the art. Yeah, yeah. Col- color us surprised. <clears throat> you know, that's 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 the thing. You know, learned learned listeners of the WCHL podcast, all 14 of them, um, you know, they, they've known this information for about a month. But uh, the rest of the ACHA is just now getting on to get, cluing in to to what what smart people already know, and and it's just like the 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 uh, twenty twenty three nationals in Boston. The schedule is slightly staggered, right? Like the D one, isn't it? The D one men and the women kind of come in at about the same time, and then the D two men. I can't remember if they show up later or if they leave earlier. I can't remember how that goes. But, it's, yeah, it is staggered. But, and it's going to be the D1 guys and the D3 guys at the front. And then it's the D2 guys and the women, both women one and women two. They're kind of a, on the second part of that 10-day oh, okay. experience. Now, in Boston, okay. it's going to be everybody all at once. It's, oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's compressed. Ooh. This In 2024, it's a 10-day schedule compressed for boston i believe it's a uh so let's see tuesday thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday it's a six-day schedule compressed oh 
my goodness. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that's... Are you playing it like one in the morning? Well, I hope not. God, I hope not. We've been there, done that, but I hope not. (laughs) That is a pretty compressed... That's pretty ambitious to have everybody there at once and get it done in six days. Well, they have the New England Sports Center up in uh, the suburban Boston area. Supposedly has eight or nine or ten sheets. You know what? Here, while we're talking about it, um, they they have a ton of uh, sheets. So let me... um, this is Waltham? Uh, no, it's in uh, Worcester. It's actually Marlboro. Oh, Marlboro. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. The New England Sports Center has eight rinks going. So oh wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so we'll be able, you know, men's one only needs uh, one. And then... Uh, well, they're, they're the... S- men's one and women's one are the smallest leagues, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. They bring the smallest... Uh, well, men's one is... It's unique because men's one and uh, women's one. Well, let me let's let's. They're different formats which have different things. Men's one has twenty teams come in, but it's one and done. So there's only four games every day. Women's one brings ten teams in, and they play some funky little format where teams three through eight play and then the winners go on to and that's when one and two play so they only have i think four or i think they only have four games in a day um whereas men's two men's three and women's two they all have pool play and they bring in 16 teams each so there's eight games every day um for both of those uh for for all because they have so many so many schools that Right. Well, it's just so many member schools. Yeah, and well, and it's also just the different format. Everybody plays at least three games, whereas oh, you know, men's division one, we bring in more teams, but you might only play one game. One you know, game because right, you right, lose right. and you go home. Right. It's it's right. More, it's more of a bring your best type tournament than it is a uh, pool play where you get a mulligan type get tournament. Get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, get your money's worth. I maybe. I mean, who knows? It's kind of. It's, you didn't uh, say it. I said it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, we we all have our different points of view. I'm. I'm not a fa- I'm not a fan of that because I kind of think that's. I think a championship is. You know. You know. It, it, it should works. be the best of the best. I think so. I think so, and I think well, you and- should bring your best, and I think you should play your best. Whereas I don't think you. You know, it's kind of like uh, you know, you get a mulligan if you you can you can afford to slough off a game in uh, in pool play and not play your best, and I don't don't think that's what you want in nationals. But that's just my point of view. Well, and I, I you're talking to a an ex racer. I would go and try and qualify our nationals and get a two minute run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One two minute run. So you guys get three periods. So to me, it's like, yeah, you get three periods, but I got one two-minute run. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of like, that was it. It was either a good one or a bad one. Yeah, well, that's just it, right? You got to get a – everything is – it's kind of like the Olympics, right? They don't yeah, have a second yeah. Olympics for the people that had a bad heat, <laughs> right. you know? So right. uh, And it just depends on your event. Like maybe you get lucky and you get to have like, again – three 20 minute periods or maybe like any of these racing events uh i don't know i don't think uh they don't they don't let you do uh multiple tries in uh long jump or anything like that do they no well i think they do i think you get three oh maybe you do i think you get three, three tries? yeah okay. three tries and they take but the most longest races 
most races, right? You don't get like, you know, best two out of three in the hundred meter dash or something like that. That's right. Well, it's like, you know, and that's different sports have different things. And, um, you know, downhill skiing, you don't get one run. I mean, you don't get just two or three runs. You get one run and that's it. You mess up, you're out. So, uh, yep. That's right. You might not even finish. Might not even finish. So that's that's the way it is for for our nationals. Uh, different divisions have different things. Um, men's division one, it's kind of the big boy division, and uh, you want to play with the big boys, then uh, bring it. And uh, yep. so so that's that's the way we do things. Twenty teams, nineteen games. Uh, win in advance, lose or go home. And yep. uh, it it sometimes it's great if you win. Sometimes it sucks if you travel all the way to the nationals place and you lose in day one. So yeah. well, that's just the yeah. nature of the beast. It is. So it is. Now, I, now I don't really have a problem with it, but yeah, you know. I like it. I mean, and I like that it's different. I mean, I get the whole get your money's worth, you know, you know, play pool, play, get your money's worth. But uh, I also that that to me kind of reeks of youth hockey, and um, you know, everybody gets a participation yes. participation award kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And this is not youth hockey, and. Again, we're talking about trying to legitimize club hockey and say we're competitive, right? We're not like recreational. Again, not like recreational learn how to skate. Yep. This isn't <laughs> you know, men's league. Pool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or right. Right. Or beer league or whatever. Right. Yep. So. So 2023 yeah. in Marlboro, uh, 2024 in St. Louis. And now our attention will turn to 2025. And I'm sure the ACHA will come up with that. Um, Oh. Are those bids in already? Uh, no. Oh, the bids are uh, the bids are they should be in. Um, I, I was told that they would that they were going to have uh, some information regarding 2025, both the dates and the uh, location by the end of this year. But you know, I'm not going to hold see. my breath. Yeah, it's the ACHA. Uh, let's see, so. the end of this year. That is, oh, let's see. Yeah, we, eighteen we, days away. They, they still got some time to focus. <laughs> Uh, but don't hold your breath. That's my little calendar. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. That's 18 days. It's not that far, but okay. I think the focus right now for a lot of the ACHA is on the World Cup of University Hockey. Last week, um, they announced, uh, well, two weeks ago, they announced the head coaches for the USA team and the Canada right. team. Last week, they announced the assistant coaches. So we now have our coaching staff intact. For the USA, it's head coach Gary Ostalos from Adrian, and his assistants will be Central Oklahoma's Mike Rivera. And Indiana Tech's Frank DeCristofaro. For the Canadian team, it's going to be Calvin's head coach, uh, Mike Petruzma. He'll be the head coach for the Canadian team. Missouri State's Jeremy Law and Michael Johnson from Robert Morris University. He'll, they'll be the two assistants for Coach Petruzma. And I think the ACHA is totally focused right now on figuring out what's going on with that group, you know, in terms of player selection. How much, right. uh, you know, where are they going in terms of logistics? Are they going out of New York? Are they going out of Boston? Are they going out of right. somewhere else? Are they playing are they somewhere else? Are they going to try and have team practices of some kind? Yes. So I think there's, kind of stuff. you know, in the next 18 days, uh, I'm not going to count on them to come up with anything for 2025. I think they're totally focused on the World Cup University hockey. And, Anita, I'm yep. not going to spend. Speak out of tune or out of, but I, the sense I have from uh, what what I'm hearing is that one group might be a little bit more organized than the other group, in terms oh. of player selection and, 
you know, imagine that. Yeah, doing some uh, scouting and some selecting, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Well, and it's it's going to be a mixed bag because it's not just who's the most qualified, but who can actually go. Yeah, well, right? that's that, that's, I mean, that's the a big, big thing. part of it. That's a huge part yeah. of it because there's a cost component. Right now, right. I think they've they've estimated that it might cost fifteen hundred dollars per player to go, uh, plus the 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 players' travel cost to and from from school to, let's say New York. It's going to be you know. Plus, let's say that your team is like let's say you're from Minot, so that means you're going to be gone for mm-hmm. part of March. Yep. You go to nationals, and then it's like oh, you go to your professor. And say, oh, by the way, remember that makeup test? I can't take it in April fourteenth to nineteenth because I'll be gone again, right? Exactly, exactly. So you've got to be able to have the uh, the the financial wherewithal, and you've got to have the. It's a, remember, it's also going to be a month after the season, so you're going to have to stay in shape yep. and stay skating as opposed oh, to man, no kidding, doing a bunch of twelve ounce curls after the season. <laughs> And then, uh, and then you've got to have the uh, academic wherewithal, where you can afford to take ten or eleven days off of school to uh, go overseas and play some international hockey. So it's gonna, right. it's gonna be. You know, I I, I think they're going to be able to fill out a team. That's not a problem. It's just you're right. It's not going to be the twenty two best guys. It's going to be the twenty two best guys who can afford to do this from a financial and an academic perspective. So. So do you? Think the selection is going to be primarily D one play D one level players? Do you think there's going to be any selections maybe with D two players at all? Um, I think for the American team, it's going to be all D one players. I think for the Canadian team, the hope is for it to be all D one players. But again, it gets into ability and um, ability to play, you know, and ability to pay and ability to take time off from school. And if they can't, these have to be Canadians who are playing in the ACHA. So we can't go and run off and find some kid who's playing right, right, hockey in like the Ontario League or something. (laughs) That's it. Kind of defeats the purpose, right? Of having right, right, right. Yeah. So and and so I figure if they can't find enough D one guys there, then then yeah, they might uh, you know uh, take a look at some of the better D two players from Canada. But uh, that's that's just my guess. I, I mean, I could be totally all wet and the. Um, Canadian contingent or that's uh, selecting may, maybe they already have their 22 guys I don't know um, but my guess is yeah, Anita, that's why we have that's why we have your podcast is so we can like make these like wild unfounded wh- speculations <laughs> I like that wild unfounded speculation <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna write that down I am gonna put that wild unfounded uh, speculation that will be in the description for today's podcast. Oh, there you go. Of course. Wild, unfounded speculation. I love and that. If, if that doesn't draw some a couple more like likes, I don't know what, what we can do. <laughs> hey, we're also – so that's what I think the ACHA is going to be focused on uh, during the uh, time when, when things are down. But uh, we have one last thing we got to wrap up before the end of, uh, of the fall semester, and that's the ranking. It's going to come out tomorrow. Ranking number nine comes out tomorrow. Ranking eight came out last week, last Wednesday at noon. We still had six WCHL teams in the top 25. Nevada, Las Vegas was still four. Central Oklahoma was still five. Uh, Arizona was number 11. Uh, Arizona State is 13. Then we get to Utah at 21 and Colorado State at 25. And then if you take the computer to go even further, 
Colorado, uh, Missouri State is 26. They're right on the cusp of breaking back into the top 25, which good for those guys. Uh, Colorado and Grand and Canyon are 34 and 35, uh, 33 and 34, respectively. And then Oklahoma is number 42. Now those were the rankings before this most recent weekend's games. So uh, things will change one last time before the uh, before the uh, before we get into the holidays per se. Uh, so. Yeah, we have one more computer ranking to come out. My guess is UNLV was, I wouldn't be surprised if, we'll get to the game results here in a second, but UNLV won three games, Central Oklahoma lost two games and tied one. But, you know, based on who they played, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see a flip-flop there. Uh, that Central Oklahoma might move up to four, Nevada might drop down to five, just because of strength of schedule, never mind game results. Right. And, and then I think uh, we still have to bear in mind that Nevada and Las Vegas has a lot of games left to play. They do, they do. They're going to they? be they're going to be busy in the spring. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like like compared to the other teams looking at these rankings, right? Mm-hmm. Nevada is kind of loaded the back end of their schedule, which could be good or bad. I'm not sure what it is, but it's you know clearly they they just don't have as many games as as a lot of the others. Like especially like when you're looking at say the top ten. In the top half of the 25. Well, and they've played, remember, they've played uh, a couple of games against uh, some Division One teams. So right. they've, uh, those games don't count in their, in their record. Right. So while their official ACHA record right now is, well, it's in the last ranking, it was, they had played 10 games. They've now played another three, but they've also played, what, one, two, three, four games against NCAA teams. So they've right. they've got a f- right. they've they've kept busy. It's just their ACHA games aren't uh, as much as others. But uh, right. so right. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see UNLV and Central flip flop, even though they had opposite game results. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona, who knows what's going to happen there? Because um, they had the off week. Arizona State um, might tumble a, a, a bit or two because of their game results. And then uh, Utah and uh, Colorado State, uh, we'll see. They might uh, – I'm hoping Utah stays put. I'm thinking Colorado State may or may not tumble uh, just a spot or two. We'll see. Uh, But the computer ranking comes out tomorrow, and I don't have – usually by this time I have a uh, kind of a cheat sheet, a heads up, and I don't have that just yet. So maybe maybe by the end of the podcast we'll – have a little bit of a heads up as to what's going on. You get a little notification in your email box. Uh, yeah, I might get a little something that says uh, this is what's going on. So, but I don't have that yet. Hey, Anita, let's talk about the uh, past weekend's games. We alluded to it. Central Oklahoma went on a three-game road trip up to North Dakota. They played at Jamestown on Thursday afternoon, and uh, it was a tight game. They ended up losing that game in a shootout, 3-2 to two, to Jamestown, and then they traveled further north to Minot, if that was possible, to go further north. <laughs> and uh, it was not the, – the Minot was not kind to Central Oklahoma. Minot State ends up winning both those games 8-1 to one and 7-2. to wow. two. Yeah. So ugly, ugly trip. That's a long road – long drive back to Oklahoma for the Central Oklahoma guys. They go yep. – Oh, two and one on the weekend. Does anything uh, stand out to you there? Well, Minot State, if they beat CU Central Oklahoma by that much, mm-hmm. they they're looking pretty pretty ominous. I mean, Adrian's up there too, but I don't I don't. My recollection is Adrian hasn't had quite as uh, 
tough opponents, right? As Minot. No, no, they've played. Uh, they've played a lot of games, um, but they've lost two um, in tied one. Adrian has, whereas Minot is uh, undefeated in uh, men's well, division one like play. Just kind of, just like rolling along. They're going to be the force. They're going to be the force to be reckoned with. They are just seem to be unstoppable at this yeah. point. Now Minot plays a lot of games at home. That's the thing. So props to Central for getting oh, on the road and going to Minot. Minot will come to Central Oklahoma in. About four weeks. The excuse me. The uh, first week in uh, what MLK weekend? It is uh, January thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. I think uh, they're going to come down to participate in the Central Oklahoma Showcase that uh, UCO is putting on with six teams coming in on MLK weekend. So that should be. Uh, so Minot will step out there, but yeah, Minot's played a lot of their games at home, and they're tough to play at home. But, man, they open up a whooping stick. Uh, UCO's game on, on uh, Thursday was an afternoon game against Jamestown. And, um, you know, it, it was okay. Uh, UCO scored uh, in the first and the third period, and Jamestown uh, put two goals in in the second period. So, you know, UCO's goals kind of sandwiched the Jamestown thing. And it was kind of uh, it was a tight little affair, and it went to a shootout, and you could just tell that, you know, Jamestown was carrying the play in overtime in the shootout, and it was—I uh, don't—I don't know if it was the long drive or what, but it, it was—you could tell Central was kind of tired, kind of flat. Yeah, and that wasn't what you want on the game one of a three-game weekend. No, against... and I and I am surprised that I am surprised that Jamestown came out on top. Well, yeah, it was a it was a shootout, which means in the eyes of the computer, it's a tie. But still, that's right. a uh, you know one team went off celebrating and one team went off not. And uh, right, and then yeah, the next night, man, when Minot broke out the whooping Oof. stick, it was eight yep. to one on Friday, Oof. and then uh, the next night showed some promise. I mean, the the first, I mean, Minot State. Let's let's just call it, it was two to one on Friday night, and then. Minot State scored six goals, you know, Oops. yeah, four in the third. Um, it was a two-to-two two game on Saturday night, and then Minot State scores five goals in the third. So I think there's a lot to be said for, uh, from the at least from the Central Oklahoma perspective, I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that they're, uh, you know, they've got to bring a – it's a hockey term, Anita. I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm going to say that they need to bring a full 60 minutes of hockey and not, uh, you know, they've proven they can hang for 40 minutes, but um, if they're going to get something done at Nationals, they're going to have to play uh, a full 60 minutes of hockey against uh, the big boys. In, so do you think it's a mental thing or a depth a depth thing, I, like, you I, know, depth at positions? I don't, you know, I'm going to say it's a it's more of a mental thing. I think I think Central has the talent. I think they have the capability. I think they have the speed and the size. You know, Minot's Minot's big thing is size, right? And they have speed. Um, but um, you know, their their depth is okay. Um, whereas I think Central might be a little bit deeper. The uh, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, just you know being on the road and. You know, yep. one team was playing at home, and one team is comfortable playing a, a hard, tough game. And Central is um, Central, not necessarily this year, but in years past, Central's kind of had a uh, reputation for, 
you know, things when things are going well, things are going really well for Central. And when things are tight and close, you know, they kind of they they have the possibility of falling apart. You know, coming mm-hmm. apart at the seams a little bit. And yep, yep. You know, looking at these box scores, a two to one game going into the third period. Or, or in the second period on uh, Friday, and then a two-to-two game going into the third period. Um, you know, it kind of looks like the the you know seams started to fray a little bit. So, uh, I I think I think they can get there, and it's I you know I'm not going to be the Central Oklahoma apologist here, but I you know I'd rather find out uh, in December than find out in March what's going on. Right. Right. They have right. there's time to address it and time to do something about it. So. An instructive weekend. Uh, I don't think it's the weekend that they want, but um, I think it'll end up paying benefits for them in the long run. Yeah, like taking their lumps early. Mm-hmm. And, and then that gives them enough time to regroup yep. in the second half. Yep. Well, and they're going to get a chance to uh, dish out a, a, a bit of revenge. They get Minot at home in uh, on that MLK weekend is one of the three games that they're going to play. So... Uh, you know, we'll get to see if they've learned anything or if it's still, you know, if Minot is just the beast of the ACHA this year, uh, we'll get to see it live and in person. So uh, interesting. But yeah, that's a long road trip to go to take two L's and a tie. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Right. It's kind of like wouldn't have been nearly as long of a road trip if they could at least like split one and hopefully like win win the that Thursday game, right? Yeah. And to go there in December, too. I mean, come on. If you got eight inches of snow in Salt Lake, imagine the pile of snow that's there in Minot, North Dakota right now. Ooh, and North Dakota gets cold. Yeah. Ooh, and windy. I mean, there's nothing they get there. Arctic, they get that Arctic, yeah, and they get that Arctic cold front that comes down, and there's nothing to block it. I mean, Utah actually doesn't get that cold. Not as cold as, say, like uh, Montana and uh, you know, states a little bit, just a little bit further north, because... We actually, you know, kind of have some mountains. We're in a bowl. Salt Lake City's in a bowl. And uh, we just don't get that Arctic cold front typically, you know, just descending upon us. So Interesting. Interesting. I, I yeah. can't imagine how cold North Dakota must be. Oh, neither can I. I've been there up there before in the winter, and it's uh, it's no fun. So. And you said, like you said, there's nothing there, right, to stop the wind. It's oh. just like. It, everything is flat. Yeah, yeah, everything is flat. That sounds like a lot of fun. Flat and white. Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of nice places to be, though, um, you could have played hockey in uh, Las Vegas over the weekend. And I've heard that was a nice place to be this past weekend. No snow, no uh, no frigid temperatures. San Diego State, Canisius, and Oregon all came to Las Vegas to play in a nice little uh, round-robin event against UNLV. UNLV played three games in three days. They had an old-school WCHL weekend. And, uh, boy, UNLV broke out the whooping stick. They beat San Diego State 16 to nothing on Thursday. They beat Canisius 13-1 to on Friday. And then they had a little trouble with Oregon, um, but eventually won that game by a score of 4-1 to on Saturday. But, holy smokes, what's that, 20, 33 goals they averaged 11 goals a game and they only gave up they gave up two goals on two, the entire two on the, goals. out of a, out of 240 minutes of hockey they gave up no 180 minutes of hockey they gave up wonder two goals many, wonder how many shots on goal those poor San Diego State and Canisius goalies had to face well hey how about this let's take a look 
Um, San Diego State had 62 shots on goal. Now, that's not counting the 16 goals, so that would be 78 oh my God. shots total. And the then covered in bruises. Kinesius had 56 plus 13 is 69. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then Oregon, let's see, Oregon here had uh, 43 plus 4, so 47. Yeah, that's a ton that's, of... Uh, that was Matt Server. Matt Server, exactly right. Yeah, I, Saint, got, I, I got to see him the last time when he was in Utah the weekend before, and I said nice things about him because I, I thought he was a good goalie. He is a good goalie. Hey, he kept, he kept Oregon in the game. It was a one-to-one game going yeah. into the third period and on the Saturday game. And uh, he kept him into the game, and then Oregon just uh, started giving up some uh, some power plays, and um, you know UNLV just pounced all over that stuff. They right, excuse me. They jumped on uh, Oregon early in the third and got another power play goal, and boom, it was over. So um, yeah, Matt Server played well. the The first two games, I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? We have seventy teams in the ACHA. San Diego State is ranked number sixty seven. Um, they're a, they're a new team to division one this year. They're playing with men's division two players basically. And they brought a light roster. You're allowed to roster 21 guys in a game, 22. If that 22nd player is a goalie, so you can do 19 skaters and two goalies or 19 skaters and three goalies. And, uh, San Diego state brought 17, uh, which was uh, four, uh, 15 and 2. So they only had 15 skaters and two goalies. Oh, so, yeah. so they still brought two goalies, and they only had 15. That's, that's a lot of extra skating time for uh, everybody there. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, no bueno. No bueno for those Especially guys. Especially when you consider that UNLV was probably making them, like, playing at speed, right? So making them really run. Yeah, it was ugly. It was no fun to watch, and uh, it well, was... Yeah. I it, can't San Diego b- State, I mean, they're getting beat badly Pretty much, well, I mean, it's obvious in the, in the rankings, but I've seen those scores, you know, in almost every game that mm-hmm. San Diego State has played. They're just getting beat beat the crap out of them. And it doesn't surprise me that, as you told me, that they've got basically D2. They're in that transition of, right, they've got D2 men's players, and so it's just they haven't replaced them with – you know, M1 players yet. So That's right. Kind of, it's kind of the opposite experience of Oregon because Oregon – uh, when they came, Patrick and I remarked right away, this is not the team we saw last year that came to, to Utah. Yep, Oregon's doing year. well. And looked like an elevated D2 team, whereas this, these guys, they were, you know, they were pretty good. They're good. They're not bad. They're they're not bad yeah. at all. Kinesius uh, flew out. They only played uh, two games in the, in the uh, they played uh, San Diego State and they played uh, UNLV. But Kinesius at least brought a full roster with them. In fact, they played. Uh, they brought three goaltenders with them, and um, so they 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 lost badly to UNLV. The next night they came back and they beat San Diego State seven to four. So um, you know, Anita, those games and, and and you know, let's just put a button on the Oregon game again. It was a nice little game, one to one, going into the third period, and then uh, UNLV just uh, you know does what they do. They, they just right. they're all offense all the time they're the running rebels on skates and right. um you know they also rely heavily on their goaltending to bail them out of uh tough tough spots so and they have two very good, good goaltenders yeah they have two very good goaltenders in zach wixon and their uh, uh other goaltenders um landon pavlison 
And the, now one of their their third goaltender, Vince Benedetto, Benedetto. God, I said that wrong. Benedetto. He played against San Diego State as well, I think. Here, you know what? Let me before I talk out of my butt. Let me make sure that that's right here. Yeah, Vina Wixon <laughs> went against San Diego. Uh, Benedetto went against Canisius, and then Pavlicic went. Pavlison went against uh, Oregon. So um, the UNLV's got two very good goalies, two excellent goalies in in Wixon and Pavlison, and Benedetto obviously is a very good backup as well. Um, so they've got some, uh, UNLV's got a lot of stuff going for them. I just don't, I'm a little, con- I would be a little concerned if I'm the coach that, um, you know, those, those games are no fun to play in, uh, when you're right. beating, when you're just beating the socks off of somebody, they're no fun yep. and yep. you create bad habits. And yep. so it's, um, uh, I mean, it's, Hey, it's a, it's a great way. And it, people are happy, you know, that you're lighting the lamp and man, it's point night. That's for sure. I mean, come on. That would we say 33 goals in three games and that's just Take insane. Goals. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and really it's 29 and two, 29, <laughs> 29 and two, goals in two games. Oh. So, so it really, you know, it really spreads it out when you say 33 and three, it's like, yeah, that sounds bad. But then you say, yeah, but 29 of those happen in the first two games. That's even worse. And, and I agree with you. I think, Especially if you're a team like UNLV who's got their eyes on nationals, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a bad, it's just kind of a bad scheduling choice. You know, Anita, we're talking about the goals, but here, you know, on the, in the game against San Diego State, they had 16 goals, but they also had 31 assists for 47 total points. Oh my God. Against Canisius, thirteen goals and twenty assists for thirty-three total points. So what's oh that? That's God. that's eighty points right there in two games. Forty points, and then they had twelve points, four goals, eight assists against um, against Oregon. So that's, so that's ninety-two like, points. That's like thirteen points a period. Yeah, insane, <laughs> insane. I mean, they're they're insanely talented. That's what it, that's what it gets at. But you know. I'm, Let's let's just compare it. UCO played uh, three games in three days um, against uh, Minot State and Jamestown. UNLV played three games in three days against Oregon, San Diego State, and Canisius. I'll leave it to you to figure out. You know which which do you think was the better weekend? And I'm I mean obviously UNLV won, but did that prepare them better for nationals? UCO lost all three games. One of them was technically a tie, but did that prepare them better for nationals? I don't know. It, we're going to find out come March because obviously UNLV and UCO are two of the you know elite teams in the ACHA. Um, it also I, strikes me as odd that they went out and and sought out NCAA teams to play, which don't help them in ACHA points. Then when they do play ACHA teams, like. Did they really think that any of those three teams, San Diego State, Canisius, or Oregon, were going to give them a fight? Uh, you know, I, I, like the, the, you hoped. The I guess you hoped. Ends, maybe, but the opposite, like kind of the, I'm trying to figure out like why you would, like what would be the reason you would do that? Let's, let's go out and play NCAA teams. Okay, well that, you know, you might get a beating, but that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then for our ACHA points games, let's go, let's go find like, guys who yeah. rank like in the, 
lower quarter of the rankings. It, it it's just weird. It is. It I don't is. know. It just looks weird to me. Well, UNLV, it, in their defense, they're going to play. They have a. We we've talked about it. They're going to have a, a backloaded schedule here in the spring, and they're going to play a lot of people. Right. They go on the road. They're playing. They've already had Liberty come to them. Um, they're going to Liberty, and uh, they've got some more games uh, scheduled. Uh, you know, they're going to. They've still got to play the rest of the western part of the conference still, you know, in terms of Arizona, Arizona State. Um, they've still got one more game. Yeah, Utah, they've still got Utah. one more game to finish to with Grand Canyon. So uh, they, 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 have a, they have a tough schedule ahead. They have a tough schedule ahead. I'm in, again, I'm not casting, throwing any stones at all. I'm just – it's um, – it's, no, you can let me do that. Well, yeah, I just <laughs> let I, me I, those 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 are not fun games to be in, and f- no. whether you're you know on the receiving end or even if you're on the giving end, I would prefer some tougher games. But uh, that's just me. Hey, uh, some tougher games. Uh, Arizona State and Grand Canyon played a uh, a non conference series against one another, home and home. First night was at Arizona Ice Arcadia, the home of Grand Canyon. The next night was uh, at Oceanside. Um, the home of Arizona State, Grand Canyon, and uh, ASU uh, in-town rivals, and GCU ended up uh, sweeping both games. They beat ASU six I- to four at Grand Canyon, and then they uh, held on for dear life and beat uh, ASU three to two at the Ocean. I-, I had to read that twice because I said, "Is that?" GCU won both games against Arizona State? And they had to come back. Arizona State had a big lead. I shouldn't say a big lead, but they had a lead uh, in the third period on GCU, a 4-3 lead, and uh, GCU scored the last three goals of the game to, uh, (laughs) yeah, and one of them was an empty netter, but they they turned a 4-3 third period uh, deficit into a 6-4 GCU win. So, no uh, kidding. Yeah, props well, to and, and like you said, in the third period, it's not like they like chipped away at it like you know every period. Yep, yep. They they, they turn on the gas. It was it the the Friday night game was a fun game. It was a little back and forth affair, and um, yeah, it was kind of fun to watch. It was uh, just back and forth. Two good clubs, just you know, going at it toe to toe, throwing haymakers, and just when you think ASU has GCU down on the mat, here comes GCU to rise up like the undertaker and uh you know they give asu a shot and then they take the lead and you know you think asu asu kept the pressure on and gcu had to hold on for dear life and they finally got an empty netter to you know seal the deal at six to four but um asu was coming and then uh that doesn't surprise me that asu was like gonna mount a comeback that doesn't surprise me yeah well and then then the same thing happened if you will, on uh, Saturday. On Saturday, GCU got a uh, uh, had a two to one lead, and then ASU comes back to tie it up. And dang, of GCU late, they just kept plugging away, and they got a late goal with like two or three minutes left to go in the period to basically, you know, suck all the air out of ASU's balloon. And uh, you know that late goal secured the three to two win. They had to again, they had to hold on for dear life to get the win. Um, and they did not get an empty net goal. I mean, they kept the. Uh, they were, I watched the game from uh, from Oceanside. Listened to uh, the ASU broadcast crew. I think it's Brett Cooper is his name, and um, he did a he did a good job. You know, talking about the the pressure that ASU was uh, putting on uh, 
uh, GCU to try to get that tying goal, and it just ran out of time. So GCU sweeps. Was our our friends uh, Jacob Cummings, 33, and is it? Schmidt, 44, were they involved in, in those they were, they were, wins for GCU? They were heavily involved. They were heavily involved. Let me uh, pull up the sheet here. Do, do, do. Which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, let's see here. At, at home on Friday, um, Mr. Uh, Schmitz had two goals, and Mr. Uh, Cummings, 33, had a goal and two, and two assists. And then out at Oceanside. They play on the same line, right? Play on the same line. And then on yeah. uh, at Oceanside, Mr. Schmitz had the game-winning goal. He also had an assist in uh, Cummings, 33, had an assist on uh, that game-winning goal. So, yeah, they yeah. they came in. Uh, they came well. You know who else had a good game? I, here, I just I, I put the score sheet away a little too early here. Let me just get it back out. And, we need to get the word out that if you appear on the podcast – You'll score goals. <laughs> Number 19 for uh, for Grand Canyon. Anthony Petrato also had himself a good little series. Oh, okay. He had a goal in each game. He had an assist on the Friday night game. So uh, now both of his goals are scored on the power play. So he's finding a way to do it with the man advantage. But uh, they don't ask how, right? They only ask how many. At least that's what yeah. hockey people tell me. I'm not a hockey guy. So. <laughs> Anyways. All right. And then, hey, the last. But that was a non-conference series. So. Right. That um, they they're going to play a couple of more times in this season, but though and those will be conference games. But this home and home series was not a conference weekend, but we did have a conference weekend. Oklahoma traveled up to my very favorite place in all the world, Fort Collins, Colorado, to take on the Colorado State Rams. CSU and Oklahoma ended up splitting on the weekend. CSU beat Oklahoma seven to four on Friday night. And then OU beat, uh, they returned the favor and beat uh, CSU on Saturday by a score of three to two. That surprises me. <laughs> what, that Oklahoma won a game? Uh, against Colorado State. Yeah. 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 It I was mean, Oklahoma's first conference win of the season. So uh, props to yeah. uh, the Sooners for that. And, and they've been struggling. I mean, you know, we, we kind of, I think we've talked about it a couple, touched on it where they've they've been struggling it's like kind of like they're just been having a hard time so i i guess i was and i thought colorado state's actually having a really good season they are so you know but they are you know yeah props to them for sure because i mean their first conference win it's like it took a while (laughs) it took a while they got um uh, two goals from uh cam bickford on friday night in the uh seven to four loss and um, uh, number twenty-two, Tristan Meistis had he had himself a hat trick in the uh, in the Friday night win for CSU. Wow! Yeah, so he did very very well. And then uh, Oklahoma got uh, uh, a goal in each period on Saturday, and uh, CSU just got two first period goals and could not get the third. And uh, Oklahoma held on and held on and. Um, uh, secured the dub on Saturday, so their trip home was a little bit uh, a little bit easier. So yeah, kind of yeah, surprising. Split. Good good for Coach Arvanitas uh, to uh, you know to persevere. He's got his team is playing well. They just don't have a lot of talent, so they have to work hard and you know right. They they, they, they if they allow seven goals, they're not going to win. But if they allow two goals, they'll win. So <laughs> so is that? Uh, do they have a? Do they have a pretty good goalie, Oklahoma? Uh, they they have a decent goaltender. His name is Brendan Culbertson Bond, and he's he played both nights. Now they also uh, 
you know, and there are times when he, well, Friday night, you know, it's, he, he runs hot and cold, right? Friday night he let in uh, seven okay. and, uh, right, right. you know, the next night he only let in two. So, but, uh, hey, good, good for them. Good for Oklahoma yeah. and uh, uh, good for them to go win on the road. So hopefully this is uh, the beginnings of some good things for Oklahoma. I think it's also kind of an eye opener for Colorado State that, you know, the WCHL is a tough conference. And there's no right. laydown games. There's no easy, right. you know. Yeah, there's no. There's we don't no, have a San Diego State. <laughs> there you go. There's no <laughs> gimmies in the WCHL. So, uh, and I think Colorado State found that out. So they might have thought they could just mail it in. And uh, unfortunately for them, and fortunately for Oklahoma, Oklahoma prevailed. So uh, good, good for the Sooners. And uh, hopefully the Rams will take it and uh, learn from it. And uh, they get to come down, I believe, they get to come down later on in the season to play Oklahoma again. So maybe Well, and they'll... these are both programs who have undergone gone major organizational changes, right? That's so right. Yep. That's that happens very frequently, right? It just takes a while to kind of get used to the new way of doing stuff. It does. Yep. Colorado State's in their second year with Camden Lambert. Right. And uh, Oklahoma's in their right. first year with Peter Arvanitas back at the helm. So, uh right. They're both trying to change the culture and uh, get things going uh, the way that they want it going. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, so very good. Yeah, hey, just sometimes it takes a little bit of a learning curve. It sure does. Hey, let's take a quick break really quick. We'll come back, talk about the standings, and we'll get a little update from Anita on some things. And then we'll uh, jibber-jabber more so than we've already done. Hold on. <laughs> Drop your glove. Two, catch the jersey. Three, over the head. And where I'm from, we call this the Inglewood Jack. What I say? That's the way. Inglewood Jack. Yeah. Inglewood Jack. Couple of dangles. Celebrate the biscuit a little. Couple of toeies. Don't you want to hit the net further? Don't be an idiot, Schmelz. It doesn't count unless you go Pardowski. Uh, but hey as they say in hockey let's do that hockey all right chance let's do that hockey anita with uh, the oklahoma colorado state series um coming to a uh, that winds winds up the fall 22 portion of the wchl schedule central oklahoma and nevada las vegas are still basically neck and neck for the lead in the conference central oklahoma has played 12 games they've won all 12 games so they have 36 points nevada las vegas has only played seven games and they've won all of their games so they have 21 points they're well, what's that 15 points behind but um, they also have five games in hand on central oklahoma so they can you know it to me this looks like a, a two horse race for the conference championship between Central and UNLV. Uh, Utah's in third place with twenty points. They've played fourteen games. Arizona State is in fourth place with eighteen points. Then we have uh, Arizona and Colorado tied for fifth with fifteen points. We have Missouri State in uh, seventh place all by themselves with thirteen points. Grand Canyon and Colorado State are tied for eighth place with eleven points. And Oklahoma gets off the schneid with, uh, they have five points. With, they got three points uh, for their first win of the season. They had two overtime losses that got them some, or shootout losses that got them some points. But now they got uh, three big points with a W, and hopefully they'll get some more. So there we go. Central Oklahoma and UNLV, it looks like, are in a, uh, a horse race for the 
Western Collegiate Hockey League uh, Champions Trophy. Oh, all right. Anita, are you there? It happened. I forgot to undo the mute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was just talking away. Well. Uh, I think it'll, it'll, I mean, now, it, it, you know, you can see it really clearly when you look at those numbers. The, the big deal is how Nevada plays that back half, that second half. Yeah, yeah. They've got. They really uh, loaded their games, right, in, in the post you know post december schedule and so they can't really afford to to mess up they're going to have 12 games 12 conference games and actually 13 because they have to make up the uh the the suspended game at grand canyon um oh, right so while central oklahoma only has eight conference games left and nevada las vegas basically has well let's say 12 and two-thirds um and uh so they're gonna have a chance to make it up but uh yeah they're they're gonna have to uh you know they're gonna have to match uco and and they can do it i mean if there's a team in the conference that can do it it's it's unlv yep. so that's why yep. i say i think it's a two-horse race for the uh for the cup right now utah has 20 points or one point behind vegas but they also have played seven more games in unlv yeah. So it's um, you know I think it. Yeah. If you don't, if unless you look at that far right column, you don't realize that Utah's actually kind of now in a wait and see game. Like they don't have control of their own destiny. That's right. They, they, they kind yeah. of have to. They kind of have to wait for somebody else to lose, which is not a position you want to be in. No, the, you're, you're absolutely right. Utah will have six games left in the spring semester. Uh, six conference games, I should say. Uh, Arizona State will have, uh, along with Oklahoma, will have ten games left in the spring semester. Uh, Arizona will have 12 games, much like UNLV. So their back end is going to be, uh, is going to be full of, uh, conference games as well. And then Colorado, Missouri state, Colorado state, they'll have eight games left like central Oklahoma. Grand Canyon will have eight and a half, well, uh, seven and a half, let's six and a half, I should say. Because of the suspended game. Because of that suspended game. And the, the, that suspended game is now going to be made up. It was originally thought, our, our first thought process was they'll make that game up on the Thursday before Grand Canyon plays at UNLV on Friday, Saturday. And that's the very last weekend of the season. And instead, what we've landed on is UNLV is going to go back to Grand Canyon and play Grand Canyon on the Thursday before UNLV then plays Arizona State. Um, on Friday, Saturday. So on their Arizona trip, uh, on their last Arizona trip, that's correct. So they'll um, uh, they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to uh, Grand Canyon every every that would just work that solution worked out so very well, and I'm grateful to Coach Greener and also to uh, to Coach Roy for being able to to make that happen. But it you know number one, it gets the game in, which is all important, especially in a very tight conference race. But number two. Yeah. It also accomplishes the sense of fairness because your Grand Canyon. It was a Grand Canyon home game. Grand Canyon's going to get to finish the game at, at home as they should. Grand Canyon's going to be on the hook for you know whatever ice costs and officials costs are are are, are, are associated with the game as they should because it's their home game. And right. um, you know it's it's not going to be we're going to finish this we're not going to resume the game in some foreign location it's same place same bat channel same bat cha- time it's just you know a month or two two months later than uh, than than it should have been done but um, hey Remind you know. What? Me- 
what the, happened with that game? Why did we? Why did it get suspended? It got suspended for two reasons. Um, it got suspended because of they had uh, a massive amount of fog uh, within the rink to the point where oh, even skating okay. around you couldn't see it. And, and from what I'm told, it, this is really what happened. Um, Arizona, Phoenix, the Phoenix area had a freak um, uh, rainstorm, and it was a very cold rain. And um, uh, I could be getting that wrong. Maybe it was a very warm rain. But whatever it was, it was a freak rainstorm that affected the atmosphere so that inside the building it created a lot of humidity and made everything super-duper foggy. And at the same time, um, the rink... Oh, I do remember this part. You said that the last goal before they called the game went in and nobody... It yeah. was so foggy they didn't see the goal. The, goal, the puck got to go in the goal, and then they said, "Okay, we, we can't see." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was they they had to they had to stop the game shortly thereafter because nobody could see. You know, it's like skating in uh, skating in London, right? And then uh, apparently there are rink limitations. Um, do uh, to my understanding, like the rink can't when it disposes of snow, it can't like just drive out of the building and dump it into a pile like you see at most rinks. Right. Um, and let the sun do its work or let the outside atmosphere, let radiation do its work. They have to get rid of the um, snow in a pit inside the building. And supposedly that because of the outside rainstorm and because of the temperature wackiness that was going on, all the snow in that uh, uh, snow pit didn't melt properly or wasn't melting properly. And it started to flood. And so they had, oh yes, so they had fog on the ice and they had flooding in the Zam room and it was just causing all sorts of issues. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so. Uh, but, but Hey, it was resolved. It got resolved. Um, again, it was only due to the result of a, a freak weather event that happened. And, um, so anyways, it's, uh, they're, so they're going to make that game up and I'm very grateful to, uh, like I said, to coach Greener. And to Coach Roy for working together, uh, along with uh, you know the occasional text from a dumb commissioner to uh, to you know, make it happen. Well, it's the hockey family, right? Yeah, there we go. It's there the hockey go. family. All right, so that that puts a button on the WCHL uh, season for the semester. Thoughts so far, Anita? Anything stand out to you other than the fact that the commissioner talks too damn much? <laughs> Well, I don't think so. I, I like listening. Um, well, so, you know, I mean, I guess I'm thinking that uh, I was kind of hoping Grand Canyon would have been a little bit higher in the rankings till now. I'm I'm kind of happy about how they're doing, but I, I guess I thought they'd be a little bit better um, in WCHL rankings as well. Um, I think we've talked about Missouri State is not doing as well as I would have thought they would. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, you know, it's good to see that Oklahoma's finally starting to find some traction. I think, uh, you know, and this is probably, I'm probably biased, but I think Utah is probably having their sophomore slump. I think this is not the season they were expecting. And we have some injuries. We've had some, some other issues where we haven't had all the teams, like all the players dressed in this first part of the season. I think that's going to finally get resolved come January. So it'll be interesting to see how they turn that around. But kind of like we said already, they burned through a lot of their important WCH, WCHL games early in the season. So, you know, could be 
they are also going to have to be very careful. They can't afford to lose any games. And Patrick and I talked about losing all four games, the home and away games, to Arizona State really hurt. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big – I think that was – because, you know, if you're going to lose all four – if you're going to get swept in for the season from one team, that's really going to hurt. You know, in the conference, your conference rival, that's really going to hurt you point-wise because yeah. all those games are so – right? They That's 12 points you gave up. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, it, it goes to show, especially in a tough conference where there are no gimmies that, uh, yep. every game counts, every yep. game counts. And especially every point, I mean, counts. every point counts and yeah, every point counts. I mean, look no further than, uh, you know, what we're talking about with the two top teams, right? They've won. UNLV has won all seven games they've played. Central has won all 12 games they've played. So uh, uh, every point counts, and uh, if you want to lift that trophy at the end of the season, then uh, then yeah, you're going to have to uh, you got to play and play your hardest for twenty at least in twenty games. You know, hopefully in right. all the well, games. You've, you've talked about that formula. That I think uh, is is a pretty good one. It's like if you can win at home and split on the road, you'll be in good shape. Yeah. But if you can't win on the road. <laughs> And you split at home, then you know you're going to be in trouble. In this, certainly in this conference, I mean that's going to because everything's so tight. Yeah, you just, you know, yep. you got to really set your sights on. We can't just play to not lose. We got to play to win because, right, a couple of losses can really put you in the hole. With and, and you're going to have a hard time making up that ground because everybody else is winning. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. So I, I still, I still am very fond of this. Still very fond of this conference. I I like, I like playing in a tough conference. I'm you know I'm kind of fond of the conference too. <laughs> just just not a that smidge. You and I, not that either you or I are biased or anything. <laughs> well, yeah. our, a totally objective yeah. third party objective hat on. <laughs> All right, Anita. Hey, we've come to the point in the podcast where we uh, step aside, where I step aside, and I say, Hey, Anita, what's going on with uh, women's one or men's two? Anything exciting from the world there that you know of, or or not? Or are they just off for the not, for the time being? Yeah, not not super exciting. It's kind of been a long uh, long break for uh, women's one because they actually their last game was back in the nineteenth of November. Whoa! So they didn't play any games in December. They don't have any games played in December. It's kind of just the the women's team doesn't have as many games, and then they had a bye week uh, on that first weekend in uh, December where when uh, Oregon came and played the men's one. And Washington came and played the men's two, but, you know, again, didn't play last weekend, right? So okay. men's two didn't play last weekend. So it's been a long time and um, I haven't really kind of been involved in hockey, you know, uh, too much because okay. of that. So uh, I do think that the women's team, at least like kind of looking at Utah, I think the women's team, women's one again. Uh, has had kind of a a frustrating season uh, as well. They kind of get got hit by the COVID bug, yeah. and it wasn't so much that players were getting sick, but they tested positive. And of course, if they test positive, they got to sit out. And uh, so it happened over that Beehive Showcase, which is four games, three games. I can't remember now exactly, right? So that's a lot of games that you end up missing because of that. Hmm. So, yeah, so three games, right? So they had an opportunity in one weekend to have three games, right? Um, and ended up not being able to field their 
their strongest team. Um, I still feel like uh, those predictions that um, coach uh, head coach Yo had said for the women uh, still hold. Where um, I'm going to get Arizona and Arizona State all goofed up, but uh, Arizona State, I believe, is the team that everyone's chasing. Okay. Um, and that and that Colorado Colorado State. Uh, is looking pretty good, but I don't think they're quite as good as as maybe we had thought at the beginning of the season. And again, the kind of the bugaboo for the WCHL is that, or the WW, the Western Women's WWCHL is that that conference, unlike the WCHL and unlike um, kind of the men's two situation, there the level of play is really uh, not. It's hit and uh, miss. Yeah, it's really hit and miss. It's like, what's that? Oh, there's no parity. So the, there's no parity. You have a, a few teams who are really good at the top and then a few teams who are way at the bottom and there's a big gap in between. There's kind of like no middle ground. Yeah. Um, so for the women, uh, I think it was especially frustrating to lose those games because two of the three games would have been against Amherst and Michigan. And although they're not WWCHL teams, they definitely have, you know, high rankings. And, you know, we talk about, do you want to play tough teams to get yourself ready for nationals? Not only did they not get the points, but they also missed this opportunity to play these two teams with the, with the team that they wanted to, to pair up against, right? These two highly ranked women's teams with the squads and the lines that they really wanted to match them up with. They didn't miss that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um, men's two, I think, fared a lot better. Um, and they, again, we've talked about this, um, and they have this kind of, in a way it's an advantage to Utah teams, the men's two, the, the Utah teams, and then there's a called a mountain West collegiate team. And those are a bunch of Utah teams. It also includes, um, Wyoming. Utah is the only team that doesn't belong to that particular, uh, conference it's an incredibly strong conference. So Utah gets to play a lot of teams that maybe don't contribute to their conference um, to the pack eight, but they contribute to the ACHA points and they're tough teams and they don't have to travel far. So they can go and play a Weber state. They can go play Utah state. They can go and play um, UVU and get good competition that again, gets them ready for tougher, you know, hopefully post post season games down the road. So I think the most interesting thing that happened for, for me was that I did go and do skate with the team, which is a yearly event where, right, happens in the first week of December and people come out and they get to come and join the team on the ice and, you know, players wear their jerseys and have an autograph section session. And Anita went and stepped on the ice for the first time in about 15 years. Oh, no. <laughs> Now this is—is is well, this—is this the same Anita with the snow guy and the bad hip? Is this the same Anita that yeah, went out yeah, on the ice? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. So now, so so the thing is, I actually did play some some recreational hockey, and I actually took skating lessons years ago, um, not to play hockey, but for another reason, and and so I actually was actually a pretty good skater, and and one of the reasons I thought I would do this is I thought you know. With the bad hip, running is out of the question. Walking is actually more painful than skating. So skating was actually 
more comfortable, but not having been on the ice for 15 years, it was a little bit exciting because I was kind of, I was kind of like, you know, the classic, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I don't think I can stop. I can go <laughs> forward, okay, and I and I actually can skate backwards. So going forward wasn't so bad. Going backwards, but but I had to really pay attention because it's like I'm going to have to make sure I maneuver around anyone who gets in my way because. I don't know if I can stop right now. <laughs> and uh, and so it was good. Um, you know, I escaped. I don't know, you know, I don't know how elegant I looked. That was definitely not not something that happened. But I'm actually going to try and get out and skate more this winter because um, that's actually exercise I can do. With a bad hip, right, there's no uh, impact, uh-huh, right? Okay. It's all gliding. And as long as I don't crash <laughs> – so don't wreck, right? Uh, I'll be okay. So, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But that was that was kind of fun, and you know the different. All the teams came out. We didn't have, um, you know, a huge amount of of fans. But I don't know what to compare that to because this is the first time I've done it. Um, I didn't do it. I didn't join the skate with the team last year, so I don't know. Okay. I just don't. Very know. nice. Well, I'll yeah. say, I'll say this for women's one. Um, they're they're uh, I, I as my putting my hat on for ACHA uh, communications director. Ooh. I get a kick out of their rankings because the women's one commissioner does a great job with the graphics. Um, I don't I don't see that it's as informative in terms of uh, their rankings. Uh, by putting out, you know, one through however many it is, 34 teams that are in ACHA Women's Division One, but their graphic for the top 15 is just top-notch every week. Um, that's, that's the graphic that gets posted on Twitter, right, where you see the, yep. the logos all arranged in a cool little graphic. Yep, yep. Molly Mahoney does a great job with, uh, with the graphic. And as you pointed out, Arizona State is ranked number 10. Grand Canyon is number 15. And... Um, the number one team in the nation is still Liberty. I think they've only won the women's division one championship like 15 years in a row now. So, um, so there you go for D (laughs) one. They've got some great graphics. I, you know, the rest of it, you know, they only care about 15 that you never see the other, you know, 34 teams or however many have are are in ACHA women's one, but whatever, that's their problem. And then, uh, for men's two, I, I saw this little note, the, uh, pack eight hockey conference of which you're so fond has, uh, announced that they're going to have their conference end of season conference championship tournament at Eastern Washington university, um, in, uh, Cheney, Washington. The pre tournament was usually held in Lake Tahoe, but now it's going to happen. Right. At Eastern Washington, so uh, well, and you know, um, they did that Beehive Showcase earlier in the season. Yeah, and uh, and I think I, I this gives me a chance to now apologize to the broadcasters and the organizers of the showcase. I kind of made fun of the schedule a little bit. Um, I wasn't trying to be mean, but I also forgot that I thought they actually ran that showcase event very well. They had. Uh, play-by-play and color broadcasters for every game. They also streamed everything for free on YouTube. And, you know, as far as I could tell, the games, like, ran on time, right? They looked like, you know, things were going well. And so I, I gives me a chance to kind of say I think that uh, I, I'm kind of happy about that because I think that they will do a good job based on how they ran the showcase. Because you and I know that sometimes in D2 – 
you you like you're lucky if there's like a parent in the stands with a phone, right? <laughs> yes, and, and no commentary, no commentary, just you know, kind of ambient noise. So you know, Eastern Washington, I think, did a good job of actually creating a a pretty tight broadcast with having at least one play-by-play and one color color analyst. They in fact had two play-by-play, uh, two different play-by-play guys, and the color analyst would do right the games with them uh-huh, okay. but they had you know they made sure to have at least a play-by-play and a color analyst for every game so you know kudos to them and so that's kind of cool yeah um kinda i don't cool. know i don't yeah. know uh how i didn't actually ask how the players uh you know thought about it actually no i take it back i did talk to one of the players on the d2 and he said he he thought they did a good job too okay yeah right. yeah well, interesting. Oh, yeah, it's kind of cool then. All I know is uh, going to Eastern Washington in uh, early February uh, is not what I would want to do. Um, but uh, then because I'm because it's cold. Yeah, yeah. You're going. I mean, come on. That's almost like North Dakota, um, almost, but with mountains. It's warmer. It'll be warmer than North Dakota. Eastern Washington will be warmer than North Dakota. But still, oh, and, and I should, I should give you the skinny, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, if you're from Washington, okay, it's. Cheney. Cheney, not Shaney? Not Cheney. Cheney. Yeah, it's Cheney. Okay, well, that's where they're now going. Now you can sound like an Eastern Washingtoner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I know is they have a red turf football field, and I'm wondering if they have a oh. red ice uh, in their <laughs> hockey rink if they play. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would hope not. But who knows? It and is D2. There, isn't there a hockey rink? It's it's in like a community center or something like that. Like it's, a, it says. Like we're like in Utah's in Salt Lake. Yeah, City. it's actually a county rec center. It says it's at uh, Eastern Washington's University Recreation Center. So, uh, hey, power to those guys. All I know is, um, you know, years and years and years ago, Eastern Washington had a powerhouse Division Two team, and they had very cool jerseys. They have a cool logo that the EWU makes up. They're, they're like the Eagles or something like that. Right. And the EWU basically formed the body and the wings of the Eagle, and their arms, their, the, the jersey, uh, the, the, uh, the arms on the jerseys alternated between red, black and white stripes um so it it, it was a cool looking jersey it was an old-timey cool looking jersey but um anyway say that so that's what i know about men's division two is that the pack eight championship tournament's not going to be in tahoe it's going to be up in cheney washington or washington (laughs) well and we knew we knew that it wasn't going to be in tahoe again okay uh for this this last one didn't we i think i thought we knew that i didn't know i don't know don't care but um um i know the uh, west regional is going to be in salt lake city and so i figured it's uh, that probably has some reason or uh has some impact on why the pack eight tournament is going to be elsewhere but hey you know what that's enough uh women's one and men's two talk so (laughs) let's let's get on to more appropriate business anita i know that uh last game or last uh podcast i talked with uh Curtis Johnson about the World Cup of men's soccer. It's going on right now. In fact, it's going to end this upcoming weekend. And I noticed that you had made some predictions online as well. Oh, and mine are, mine went out the window. I, actually, I think we all like yeah did not predict that it was going to be Morocco. Really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> man, I, I, my 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 predictions just went totally flying. As you said, they're. 
throw them in the toilet. They were so terrible. I had Brazil winning. I had Portugal easily beating Morocco. Um, I will be happy because Messier advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got. Oh, sorry, uh, I said Messier. Messi. Well, it's okay. I got my that's, hockey, my soccer mixed up. There we go. Well, see, but that's okay. You're everybody knew who you were talking about. Leon, yeah. Leonardo Messier. We knew who exactly who exactly that was. <laughs> uh, so what do you what do you think? I mean, your predictions kind of went uh, by the wayside there, but. Because you had you had Brazil and you had uh, right like like Brazil yeah they're they're gone Brazil's yeah. gone really <laughs> Netherlands they're gone really yeah I mean come on this what a, what a crazy <laughs> tournament it's Morocco what a fun tournament though huh oh I think it's fun and also uh, I did see an article saying that this is the first time an African team has gotten this far I think mm-hmm. absolutely quarterfinals and if they make it right to the semifinals I'm sorry they made it to the semifinals and if they make it to the finals right that you know it's going to be amazing and and it was interesting too this article also pointed out how heavily loaded that this particular world championship is how heavily loaded it is by european countries like even pointing out that more slots are given out proportionally to the european countries than to you know countries outside of europe yeah yeah so well that's where the better yeah. hockey's i mean that's where the better soccer's played so I, I get it. That's understandable. I don't mind that at all. Uh, I'm right. looking and here. You, have, you know, you have more of a, you just have more of a network of like, cause the pro teams, right? I mean, you're talking about it's better because you've got these pro teams and those, those better teams are all in Europe. And so yeah. that's where you're going to play. Yeah. That's where you're going to play. And if you're going to grow up in that kind of environment, your chances are you're going to, you know, be influenced by that as well. Well, it kind of gets back to what we talked about with men's division one, you know, iron sharpens iron. So, uh, yep. Yep. Those English premier league and the Spanish La Liga and Italy's Serie A and, uh, you know, league one from, or it's actually called league uh, in, uh, France. And then <laughs> you got you the Bundesliga. That, yeah. Did you and I have that conversation about relegation and how it was a good thing? Uh, we might have, we might have, I think it's a great thing. It's a fun thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, would, it really keeps the the the, the top tier teams on their toes. I would love to have it in the ACHA, but that got voted away. So oh, no dice. <laughs> you must have been the least popular person in the room when you like I, I, proposed that one. I probably still am. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking here, Anita, at your corner finals pick. You had Netherlands over Argentina. That didn't go over well. You had nope. Brazil over uh, whoever it was they played, and uh, oh, Croatia, and that didn't go over well. Croatia, nope. Uh, you had yeah. Portugal over Morocco, and that didn't go nope. over well. And then you had England <laughs> over France, and that didn't go over well. Nope. So your Brazil versus England final is not going to happen. Um, oh gosh, yeah, I got nobody. I got no stakes in the game left oh, at all. I, hey, don't worry. I think I'm right there with you. I think I am right there with you. I might have had France and, and beating do, England, but uh, I do. That, I do echo Curtis's uh, sentiment, which is it sure would be nice for Messi to win a World Cup before he retires. What do you think about that? Because after the Netherlands game, you know, Messi caught a lot of flack for giving some guff to the uh, Netherlands players and their into their Netherlands manager. And it's kind of like the the more cutthroat, ruthless side of Leo Messi has come out. What do you what do you think about that? Uh, you know, that's actually news to me because I didn't I didn't actually follow that game. Um, you know, I think it's a I think it's a tough one. It's kind of like part of being the best in the world means that you're going to do whatever it takes to win, right? And yep. surely he must realize, right? I mean, he like probably no. 
no more obvious to anyone than him that this is his last chance, right, to, to get to get a championship. Um, I wonder, too, if, like, you know, I mean, you and I have been around locker rooms plenty. It's like that's those are the clips that made the news. But you don't think that you don't think that things trash talking was going on like everywhere else. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. right. And 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 uh, 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 talking down, trying to discredit your opponent. I mean, that's also part of the game. I mean, so and, and I'm saying this not having actually looked at those clips or or having seen the news flash and stuff like that about, you know, what he said, what context was in, right. How it was received. But you figure he, for every microphone on somebody else, Messi's got like 12 of them. Oh yeah. And it's amplified so, at the world cup. Right. 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 You right. Know, he might so, have 12 you know, in, a, in me, a regular game. He probably has 112 in this game. Right. Yeah. So part of me kind of wonders like how much of that was, is just kind of the, thing that maybe he does all the time but we don't know it's because it's in a world cup final and it's things that other players will also say but if you're like you're the netherlands and you're bad mouthing someone else you're the loser so yeah it's kind of like you can you can say all the negative things you want about somebody on the other team but you're the loser so it's kind of like yeah 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 go ahead and say bad mouth all you want I won. You lost. Got to take it. Yeah, I I, I don't yeah, mind it. Yeah. Hey, I don't mind it at all. I don't mind, you know, in a uh, in a in a uh, sport full of prima donnas, like uh, you know, Kylian M. I said that wrong. It's not Kylian Mbappe. I was thinking of Cristiano Ronaldo. And, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, you've got some, you've Ooh, got, it's kind of a diva. Oh, yeah. oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And there's some other divas, you know, on the, on the English side, you know, Harry Kane and, um, you know, there, there are some, but there are some really top notch, uh, soccer players. Kylian Mbappe comes to mind. Um, obviously Leo Messi comes to mind and, um, those guys are just getting out there and I don't mind a little angry Leo Messi. I kind of, uh, you know, I don't mind it. It's kind of ruthless, and you know, it's his last go around. He's declared that this is his last World Cup. So, uh, if he's got to do what it takes to win, then uh, so be it. I'm okay with it. Right, and and I think, I think you know, it's kind of like if you've competed in any kind of fairly high level competition, you know, that's what goes on. It's just if the if the news wants to make a big deal out of it, of course, it sells papers. But if you've actually been involved in fairly high level competition that goes on all the time. Yeah. It goes on all the time. Right. I mean, so, and, and I, I think the thing that, that part of the reason I root for Messi is cause he's the guy that wasn't supposed to be this good. Right. Yep. He's tiny. He kind of got a, a slow start as a kid cause he had some physical problems. And, you know, I still remember, I mean, <laughs> I still remember Pele. Right, Pele was that same thing. He was very tiny. He was all of what fifteen and a half years old, and everyone mm-hmm. looked at this. Who's this kid? Right? Yeah. Nobody. And he again came from nothing. Right? He didn't come from a soccer background or anything, or you know, like from some family that like had a legacy or anything like that. He was like kind of just plucked out of nowhere. Right. And for him to do so well, right, not being six foot tall and right, like having an extra high like fast muscle, fast twitch muscle proportion right like some of these physically gifted players are for him to 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 play so well for so long and contribute so much i i'm gonna root for him too because he's you know you look at him he said 
you know, that could be me. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it couldn't because he's preternaturally gifted. But also when you look at his physical stature, you think that could be me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a like, shrimp. He's the average Joe. He's a shrimp. <laughs> he's yeah. a shrimp is right. And he, he's uh yeah, he's not one of these uh, sculpted athletes. Uh, that's for sure. So, uh, okay. So here we go. We're going to give you, we gave, uh, we gave Curtis some mulligans on his Stanley cup picks. Anita, we're going to give you some mulligans on your, uh, world cup oh. picks. <laughs> we know that Argentina's okay. in the final. Uh, who's going to win tomorrow between France and Morocco. Oh my God. So who's going to take on, who's going to have the pleasure of taking on Messi on Sunday in the world cup final? Well, so I'm going to root for Morocco, but I don't think they can beat France. I think it's going to be France. It's going to be tough. Tough. I mean, you know, there's a part of me that says, um, part of me that says France is going to do it. But, you know, France, France, I thought France was lucky to get past England. And uh, their defense got exposed a little bit. And Morocco plays a, they play a fun style of uh, of soccer. So, I think whoever wins tomorrow ultimately uh, will end up losing to Argentina. But um, uh, it's I'm I'm I, I'm sad to see the the event coming to an end because I love the World Cup and I think it's just absolutely awesome and I'm looking forward to it in four years coming to the states in uh, Canada and Mexico. And, I know I already heard you I already heard you plugging for tickets. Oh yeah, I mean hook a fat man up, right? Come on, let's go. Forty eight teams. There's going to be uh, there's going to be ex- sixteen more games. Uh, well, and 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 it's like I tell people. You know, like when you watch that level of play live, it really is amazing. I mean, just TV just doesn't capture soccer very well. I think because the field's so big and the plays, right, are so, you know, far apart. You got so much room to cover and everyone's moving around so much. It's really hard to capture how exciting and amazing it is versus a live game. Like I I, I love live soccer and just watching people who are that good in a live game is just it's amazing it's truly amazing yeah and it also doesn't capture the uh the atmosphere in the crowd i mean you can see the pictures and right. you can see everybody chanting and drumming and singing and doing whatever it is that they do but the, when they show up with their bands and they're playing the music and they're dancing and they're waving the giant flag and stuff it's yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a blast it's a blast so yeah i'm looking Party forward to stands. it all right so i've got I, i'll take argentina and i you know i'm gonna i'll say morocco just for uh grins but um whoever it is whoever it is that wins tomorrow is going to be tough uh, they're going to have they're going to have their hands full with argentina i think argentina proved today they look really really good today uh taking out a, an old croatia team but still a a tough croatia team that's been tough to kill in the uh, and Croatia's going to be playing the runner-up, right? That's, that's right. They'll play. The in, they'll play in the third in the third place game on Saturday. So, so that might be. So if Morocco can't get past France, that might be a fun game to watch. Could be could Croatia be. versus Morocco. Of course, it's the but, uh, it's a game nobody wants to play in, right? No, no, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> so the skating lessons I was telling you about, the guy who taught me was Olympian. Okay. Who came in fourth? He came in fourth place. Oh. How would you like to be that guy? No, yeah. no, yeah. no. He came in That's... fourth place. He was quite old. He was actually, uh, he actually was in the same Olympics as Dick Button. And, 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 and I, I like nobody's... that. He was quite old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He was well, elderly. Quite old. He was elderly. But, but the thing is, like, yeah, that poor guy, nobody will ever remember him. 
John Lettengarver because he came in fourth place at the Olympics. <laughs> well, and because he was it, he was quite old at the time he was in the Olympics. Yeah, That's why he came in fourth. Yeah. And if you think if you think about it, right, it's like fourth place is pretty damn good. Oh yeah, fourth but he place didn't in the world. So yeah, fourth yeah, place in the world. He didn't medal, so nobody's going to remember him. He was an amazing skater. So I'm, uh, we laugh about him being old. He he. He had to be in his 70s when I was taking lessons from him, and he could skate circles around the teenagers and 20-year-olds hmm. in the rink. Yeah, and he was tiny. That was the other thing. He was like uh, Scott Hamilton size, where he was probably maybe maybe 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, he, <laughs> he was tiny. He was messy-sized, huh? He was messy-sized. <laughs> yeah, he was messy-sized. What a deal. All right, Anita. Listen, let's. I know my descriptions. My descriptions are just perfect for this podcast. I'll say anything. <laughs> well, it's okay. That's why this podcast is is as good as it is, right? Because it's suboptimal. That's why it's such a good fit for me. Because uh, I, I can just I'll just say anything. I, th I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. All right, Anita. Let's let's get out of here. Um, we don't have any games uh, coming up until the first couple of weekends in January, but we're going to try to. Go ahead. Go. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Oh, I was going to say, can I also just, I'm going to make a plug. Curtis Johnson, you need to come back and do more of these. <laughs> I love listening to it. I love listening to it. And, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this, that means that you're like taking my place and I still want to listen to you. Curtis is a real hockey guy. He knows what he's doing. Oh, and he's a fun real hockey guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I like Curtis. I like him a lot. I, I love listening. I love listening to the podcast when he's there. And, and I still love Andrew. I still love Andrew, but I just I'm just making that plug. I'm just gonna say it. Curtis, we need you to come out and listen to more and do more of these so I and, can listen. Andrew's too busy celebrating Christmas right now. He's on his uh, 89th his day two. of Christmas. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. he's got two Thanksgivings. He's got Christmas and Boxing Day. He's got like extra. He has extra holidays that you know oh. you and I don't don't worry about. I think he will sell. You know, like in in Lord of the Rings, they had you know second dinner and fourth dessert. <laughs> Andrew's Andrew's going to have yes Andrew's going to have second Christmas and eighth Christmas and uh, yeah poor Andrew where well, he's up against it all right but so what I was going to say is we're not going to have any games to talk about but uh, Anita and I we're going to try to get some uh, guys uh, that some of them are in the midst of finals some of them aren't uh, but uh, let's get some player interviews and maybe even a coach or two interview uh, during the holiday break so we can keep the WCHL podcast churning right along. Um, so I'm looking forward and I, to that. And I like I like being able to do these these player interviews. They've been they've been fun to do and they've been fun to listen to. Good. I quite like Sam Frederick uh, Fredericks, that last one from Missouri State. He was yeah. he was very entertaining as well. I thought yeah. he was great. Well, that's that's what we're looking for. So if you're out there and you've made it this far listening to the WCHL pod, number one, we thank you. And number two, we're sorry. But number three. Um, please give us some suggestions as to who you'd like to hear from. If it's somebody on your team, let us know. If it's somebody from another team, let us know. And uh, Anita and I will do our best to uh, get that person on the WCHL podcast. Shoot us uh, a DM or an email or whatever it is you got to do. Um, the Western CHL on, is on Twitter. As, you know, who knows? Maybe Twitter's burned down by now. We've been talking about oh for gosh, an hour and a yeah. half. But uh, for the time being, the Western CHL is still on Twitter at Western CHL. This podcast is on Twitter at WCHL Pod. I am on Twitter at CJP in OKLA. Anita is on Twitter at Sabaku Inc. And spell that for the folks, uh, Anita. Oh, my gosh. So S-A-B-A 
K-U-I-N-K dot net. There you go. Well, doc, <laughs> or just no, find no. me by my name. Yeah, okay. Find her by your name. But it's it's not sabakuinc.net on Twitter. It's just sabaku Oh, I'm sorry. Right? Not on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that was my website. That was a subconscious plug oh, for my website. Look at you. Look at you. Man, Big going big time on us with your own personal website. Wow. Going to have to keep yeah, up so with Sabaku, the Joneses. Sabaku Inc., right, is my Twitter handle. And and if you don't want to talk to the commissioner, you can always talk to me. I'm easier. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> listen to I that. Mean with that. <laughs> but but throw, throw, us, throw us who you want to listen to. And uh, if you're a player yeah, and you no, want to hop give on. Give us your suggestions. There you go. We're, give us your suggestions. We're all ears. And uh, if you've made it, again, if you made it this far into the podcast, you know that both Anita and I like to talk. And we'll talk to anybody. So, uh Let's do it. We're going to keep we'll on. Easy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that throughout the uh, holiday break until we get some games rocking and rolling again. Um, in the meantime, Anita, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Happy holidays to you in case we do not speak between now and 12 days from now. It's hard to believe that 12 days is Christmas. Holy I crap. I know. I need to start I shopping. Know. It's like, well, and, and we already made that joke. It's like 18 months to the end of 2022, or yeah. 18 months, 18 days. Oh, it felt like 18 months, and now it's, <laughs> yeah, now it's, now it's on the us. the end of the 2022. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like just, just looming up ahead. Oh, I tell you what, you know, with all those, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to get us started again, but with all the election commercials that happen, with this being an election year, from oh, March right. to July to November, it did seem like 18 months, and it once that got over with, it seemed like it's been like three days, and all of a sudden we're here at the end of the year. It's like, oh. It's like, finally the ads are done. Oh, wait. It's like it's the Christmas. end of the year. Yeah. All right. It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. All right. Anita, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for putting up with me and my baloney on, on this podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening so far, and uh, we hope everybody has a safe and very uh, – uh, enjoyable holiday season, whatever it is you celebrate, whether it's Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, Andrew's Christmas, his second Christmas, um, or whether you just celebrate the o end of the podcast. Or, or say that again. Oshogatsu. What's that? It's the Japanese Japanese New Year's. Oshogatsu. Very nice Japanese New Year's. I like. And that. there's a there's a whole there's a whole kind of like uh, lead up to New Year's because the end of the year is for like finalizing any business, paying off your debts, cleaning up the house so you can truly enter the new year as as a re rebirth. Oh my gosh. So there's so it's not just New Year's Day, but there's this whole kind of leading up to it and then there's the big kind of like you clean the house and then you purge out the evil spirits and get ready for you know the new year. So it's kind of a big deal. That is they a do big celebrate deal. Christmas too, which is kind of funny, but it's a, a commercial holiday. <laughs> yeah hey it's a commercial and, holiday and, here too trust me <laughs> and andrew yeah and andrew would love this so the traditional christmas dinner in japan is takeout fried chicken <laughs> so maybe andrew's uh japanese and he doesn't know it well, we'll have to- maybe he maybe he doesn't know maybe he doesn't know but the, yeah it's like i mean you know, typically like KFC or something like that. It's like takeout fried chicken. That's the traditional Christmas dinner. Maybe I'll get Andrew a twenty-three and Me kit, and he can uh, figure out what his uh, what his ancestry is. Oh my gosh! All right, hey, we're going to get out of here. So uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for your support. Throw us a bone. Give us a nice review or a thumbs up or whatever. That helps people find the podcast. Uh, maybe we'll get to 15 listeners before uh, the end of 2022. Anita, Ooh, thanks so much. There's something. I'm going to hit the big button, and we're going to get the heck out of here. 
Everybody have a great uh, couple of days, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon with some player interviews. Take care, everybody.